Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the 15th weekend after Pentecost. We welcome everybody here in the building. We also welcome those who are watching or listening online. Uh, for those who are online, remember to go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. And there's a lot of, thing on that, a lot of things on that website, but um, uh, we encourage you to go especially to the resources tab, and there you will find the bulletin for this service as well as under the give tab, a place where you can give your offering to the Lord and his church. Uh, I've got a number of announcements to share with you today before we begin to worship. We are blessed to hold a special presentation here at Chapel of the Cross by Christi, Christy Hoffaber during the Bible study hour on Sunday, September 19th, so two weeks from tomorrow. Chapel's life team has invited Christy to speak on the value of life. Uh, please read that information that's provided on the back side of the Chapel Weekly. Uh, there's a lot of good information about her and about what she'll be talking about. And make a point to attend that presentation during the Bible study hour, Sunday, September 19th. Uh, please note that this week, Tuesday, 10 a.m., our women's Bible study starts once again. Uh, that study is called Be Thou My Guide, and we'll focus on trusting God. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center, so I encourage you to sign up for that. Women's Bible study starts Tuesday, 10 a.m. And this week, our Wednesday evening Bible class starts once again as well. The study will be an interactive discussion on the Chosen video series. If you've not watched The Chosen before, uh, and if you come, boy, it's going to be a great treat. Uh, uh, the Chosen is, a, Chosen is a wonderful adaptation of the Bible in, on, on video. So I highly encourage you to come. Uh, sign up for that too at the Welcome Center. That's at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. And next Sunday... September 12th, we will observe Christian Education Sunday. Uh, that's, that celebration includes the start of our fall Sunday school and confirmation programs, as well as the commissioning of our various Christian education leaders. Uh, we will have some celebratory games and activities, especially with the kids at 945. We will commission our leaders at the 11 o'clock service, and then we will enjoy a luncheon together at 1215. If you can come to that luncheon and we invite you to come, please sign up at the Welcome Center. There's a sign-up for just about everything at the Welcome Center, but please sign up for that lunch so we know how much food to prepare that day. This weekend marks the 75th anniversary of the Lutheran High School Association, and we certainly give great thanks to God and praise to Him for 75 years of blessing that He has showered upon the students and the faculty and the staff of the Lutheran High School Central, Lutheran High School North and Lutheran High School South. Um, I know that, that many here have been touched by those schools over the years. In fact, many here at Chapel are, are alumni of those, of those schools. Um, and I would like to actually recognize you. If you are uh, a student or a former student of Lutheran High School North, South, or Central, or if you are a teacher, administrator, a, a staff person, if you could please stand, please, and let us recognize you. Wonderful. We thank God for you, and we thank God for our, our high school. And now Lutheran High School uh, also has a middle school attached to it as well, and we thank God for that, that as well. Uh, great gifts from our Lord. Uh, the Walking Together in the Word Devotion Project for September is now complete, and it's at the Welcome Center. Uh, there's a digital version on our website as well under the Resources tab. Uh, to this, this month it is a cream colored cover, so you can't miss that. It's sitting there at the Welcome Center. I encourage you to, encourage you to pick that up. 
And one last item, a, a worship service in loving memory of Eleanor Noss, the wife of Chapel's founding pastor, will take place here at Chapel of the Cross on Saturday, a week from today, September 11th at 1.30 p.m. Again, that's next Saturday, Saturday the 11th at 1.30. May God bless you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together, opening hymn, Word of God, Come Down on Earth. It's hymn number 545 in our hymn book, or it's printed in our bulletin. We stand to sing it together. Make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a troubled and penitent sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities with which I have offended you 
and for which I justly deserve your punishment. But I am sorry for them, and repent of them, and pray for your boundless mercy. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Forgive my sins, give me your Holy Spirit for the amendment of my sinful life, and bring me to life everlasting. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. God of compassion, your son Jesus came to the suffering, the infirm, and the dying, and by his word of authority he set them free. Bless the ministry of your church, that it may continue to speak a word of deliverance to all those in need. Through your son Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated for our readings. Our Old Testament reading comes from Isaiah, chapter 35. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. 
Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We now read Psalm 146 responsively. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord of his God. The maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. Stranger, Lord. 
Lord, come and save us. Lord, come and save us. Lord, come and save us. Happy those who keep faith with you, securing justice for the oppressed, who gave you food to each hungry heart, your freedom to each captive. Lord, come and save us. Lord, come and save us. Lord, come and save us. The weak and poor you sustain with love. The wicked ones you bring Epistle reading comes from James chapter 2. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, Here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds, can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, 
the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven, and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephetha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for the sermon this day is the epistle reading appointed for today from the book of James, the second chapter beginning at verse 1. Hear just a portion of that one more time. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Whoever keeps the law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends. Now, I have to admit, the, the letter of James is a little bit challenging. It's challenging because it really pulls no punches as it describes the way Christians ought to be and how Christians ought to live and how Christians ought to act. And it's challenging because James insists that good works have a very, very important place in the life of a Christian. In fact, James goes so far as to say that faith without works is a dead faith. Faith without works is not a living faith. That faith, true faith, shines forth with works of love and works of care and works of service. And if you don't have that kind of faith, well, you better watch out, James says, because your faith may not be faith at all. Who was James to talk like that? Well, he was Jesus' half-brother, child of Joseph and Mary. He was a leader in the Jerusalem church. What's interesting is that James had been a, a great skeptic of his brother's claims, but then James saw his dead brother come back to life. And that convinced him that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God, the promised Messiah. And James built his whole life then around that fact. So it's not, not, no coincidence, I don't think, when you, when you read this letter as a, as a whole letter, it sounds an awful lot like Jesus. Because like Jesus, James is hard-hitting. He says, you need to repent. He challenges us. You need to go in a different direction. If you don't turn away from sin, that will destroy you. And like Jesus, James was careful to explain that, yeah, with God, there is mercy. And with God, there is forgiveness of sins. And with God, there is a new beginning. James is challenging, though, because James has no time for our silly, sinful games. (laughs) And we play silly, sinful games, don't we? James describes the game in the first part of that text. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, You stand there, or sit at the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Do you hear the game James describes? It's known by a lot of different names. Favoritism, prejudice, discrimination, racism. It's all the same game. It's a game we play of deciding 
who's in and who's out. Who you will be with and who you will shun. Who you will speak well of and who you will speak poorly of. Who you will look up to and who you will look down upon. What, what is it about us human beings constantly deciding who's in and who's out? We play the game, don't we? And on what basis are we deciding who's in and who's out? On the basis of wealth? James gives us an example of that. And I, I know we don't probably like to talk about it or admit it, but I think we'd prefer to hang around, hang around people with a little more money than with the poor. And with the poor, you feel a little more superior to them. We try to insulate ourselves from them. On what basis are we deciding who's in and who's out? On the basis of education? I mean, some are very well educated. But then they look at that education and then they look down their noses at those who have not gotten quite so far. And then there are those who look in distrust and with disdain at those who do have a few degrees after their name, writing them off as white-collar snobs. On what basis are we deciding who's in and who's out? On the basis of skin color? Huh. Let's, not, let's not kid ourselves. It's a problem. It's a problem in our city. It's a problem in our community. Sometimes it's a problem in our church. It's called racism. And it's a sin. On what basis are we deciding who's in and who's out? On the basis of vaccination status? On the basis of political affiliation? On the basis of what zip code you live in? On the basis of age? On the basis of gender? I mean, on what basis do we decide on who's in and who's out? <laughs> and James does not pull any punches. And he doesn't mince any words calls the church out and he calls attention to the nasty experience of partiality in the church. And really, James is preaching to a congregation not unlike our own. And so he's preaching to us. And he's talking about us. Our prejudices and our self-ranking and our penchant for, for playing that game and saying, oh, you're in or you're out. James says there's, there's a very simple solution to this problem. Very simple. And he quotes the Old Testament law, the so-called second one that Jesus said was just as important as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Your rich neighbor. Your poor neighbor. Your educated neighbor. Your not educated neighbor. Your white neighbor. Your black neighbor your unvaccinated neighbor, your mask-wearing neighbor, your Republican neighbor, your Democrat neighbor, your libertarian neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's where James leaves us. Simple command. But is it? Is it really? Is it really that simple? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but I need a little more. 
I need some direction. I need an example. I mean, I know how I play the game, how I decide who's in and who's out. But, but I need to know the right way, the good way, the godly way. One day, Jesus and his disciples were traveling. It was hot and a dusty trip. And it was high noon, and they were all hungry, and they were all thirsty. So the disciples, they go off and they buy some food, and Jesus, he decides to sit down and rest by the well. And a woman came to that well to draw water. She was not a nice woman. She had some problem with sin in her life. In fact, that's probably why she was at the well at high noon rather than at the early morning with the rest of the women when they usually came to draw water. The other women, the rest of the community, they said to her, you're out. But those were not the words that Jesus had for her. In fact, Jesus spends a long time with her in deep conversation and eventually ushers her into a whole new life, a life filled with the love of God. And why did Jesus talk to her, a Samaritan, a woman, a very sinful woman at that? On what basis did he befriend her? On what basis did he love her? It's because she mattered to him. She was a child of God, sin and all. She was a child of God in need of forgiveness, in need of grace, in need of the embrace of her God. And you can almost hear Jesus whisper to you and to me, hey, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see how I do it? Do you see how I do it with you? Love those who are hurting, who are outcast. They matter to me. One day Jesus is having conversations with people who are very far away from God. The tax collectors, the sinners, as the gospel writers call them. And the religious leaders, they come along and they say, hey, now, wait a minute. These people you're talking to, they're out. How could you have anything to do with this group of riffraff? And in response, Jesus tells a few stories about who matters to him. A story about a lost sheep and a lost coin and a lost son. And in each of those stories, something of great value ends up missing and whoever is, miss, whoever is missing it, it really matters to them. I mean, the lost sheep, that really matters to that shepherd. And that woman who only has 10 coins to her name and she loses one, that lost coin really matters to her. And that dad, he's got two boys, but one wanders away. He lives that self-destructive life. That rips his father's heart out. And as those religious leaders, and as those disciples, and as we listen to those stories, we begin to realize what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that these people, these tax collectors, these sinners, they're far from God. And they are people who are missing from the family of God, but they really matter to him. 
no matter how long they've been missing, no matter how far they have drifted away, no matter what condition they're in, they matter. Like the lost sheep to the shepherd, and the lost coin to that woman, and the wayward son to the dad. And, and when the lost is found, well, there is rejoicing. They throw a party. Jesus says there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And I can almost picture Jesus giving us a little nudge and saying, yeah, do you see that? Love your neighbor. I've done it. You see how? I love you. Now you show love. Reflect my love. Because those people matter to me. In the final hours of Jesus' life, he's hanging on a cross between two thieves. One of those thieves, thieves realizes Jesus is ready to breathe his last. And he kind of reviews his own life and he's, he's sick about how he's lived. But it's too late. I mean, what's he going to do now? He can't clean up his act. He can't decide, well, not from now on, I'm going to fly straight. He can't join a church. What can he do? Absolutely nothing. But God, in his grace, has given a, a mustard seed of faith to that criminal. And it comes to life as he turns his head to Jesus and he says, any shot that you remember somebody like me when you come into your kingdom. And you know Jesus' words to him. Today, you will be with me in paradise. In spite of all that you have done, you still matter to me. <laughs> you have mattered to me since the day you were born. From the time that you were conceived, in fact, you mattered to me when you were heading the wrong direction in your life. You mattered to me when you were condemned to death. There was never a moment when you stopped mattering to me. And by the grace of God, today, you will be with me in paradise. And then Jesus turns to you and to me, and he says, do you see... And the law has told you, James has told you, love your neighbor as yourself. But I have shown you, I've shown you with a Samaritan woman, with the tax collectors and sinners, with a criminal being executed and facing his last hour, they matter to me. And I have shown you in my working in your life, Loving you, forgiving you, saving you, washing you clean in baptism, refreshing and feeding your soul in the supper, walking with you every single moment of every single day because you matter to me. Because I love you. And that kind of love has the power to melt our hearts. It's love of another kind. 
A love like that, when it, when it takes root in our hearts, that love has the power to change the way we look at people. It has the power to make us reach out to our brothers and sisters whom we have, may have at one time rejected. It has the power to work in us so that we can say to our neighbors, you matter to me because you matter to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand. We now confess our common Christian faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, receive our prayer for your whole church. Continue to inspire us with the spirit of truth and unity in your word. Grant that all who confess your holy name live in godly love and be one, one in mission and one in joy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty and merciful God, whose son became a refugee and had no place to call his own, look with mercy on those who today are fleeing from danger, war, and oppression, and who are homeless, hungry, and scared. Bless those who work to bring them relief, inspire generosity and compassion in all our hearts, and guide the nations of the world toward that day when all will rejoice in your kingdom of justice and of peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all comfort, you have commanded us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Grant us compassionate hearts that we might attend to the needs of our neighbor here in our community, especially those who suffer the effects of poverty and hunger. Open our hearts to share from what we have been given and bless the efforts of those who dedicate their lives to the care and support of the needy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant your blessing, protection, and your guidance to those in the authority of government in our country and wisdom and strength to know and to do your will. Direct the hearts also of all rulers throughout the world that justice and peace may prevail everywhere. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, especially on this Labor Day weekend, we commend to your care those who suffer want and anxiety from lack of work. Grant that the wealth and the resources of this rich land be profitably used so that all persons may find fulfilling employment and receive just payment for their work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Look upon this congregation with your mercy, Lord. Comfort and help those struggling with sin, those who have strayed from your grace, those whose faith is weak, and all those who are in any trouble, sorrow, or sickness. We remember today especially those who are ill, injured, or hospitalized, including Jalen Bolden, Mary Coons, and Bud Schultz. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh Lord, this day we thank you for the courage and the foresight of past generations that founded the Lutheran High School Association of St. Louis 75 years ago. We praise you for the many generations of students who have attended Lutheran High School Central, Lutheran North, and Lutheran South. We give you the glory of all that has been accomplished in and through those alumni, and we rejoice in the generations of teachers, coaches, staff, and administrators who have faithfully dedicated themselves to the tasks of serving at our Lutheran high schools. We entrust into your care the current generation of teachers and students at Lutheran North and South, and we are even so bold to pray for the next generation of students and teachers that more people may come to be educated at our high schools and there hear the good news of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we realize that, we, that you are the giver of every good gift. This day we thank you along with those who are celebrating the goodness of your gifts, especially Grace Green and her family as they celebrate her 82nd birthday and grandchild Jordan's birthday as well. Continue to give to them your great gifts and your good blessings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and singing. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Oh, Jesus Christ, true Lamb of God, you take the sin of the
How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes our sorrows, heals our wounds, and dries away my fear. I hold 
my shield and hidden place, my never-failing treasure filled with boundless stores of grace. Oh, Jesus, shepherd, guardian, friend, my prophet, priest, and king, my soul, my life, my way, my end, except the praise I bring. How weak the effort of my heart, how cold my warmest thought. But when I see thee as thou art, I'll praise thee. We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together, Jesus Shall Reign, page 18 in your bulletin.
Oh. 